You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is James White. He is a sales trainer and mentor as the UK's leading prospect conversion expert, James is the founder of James White Sales Success and also has equity investments in several other businesses. James co-authored the Amazon number one selling book called The Sales Genius. And he is the sales mentor for Shifts to Success. You may have uh, remembered my other guest, Alexander Series, the founder of uh, Shifts to Success. He was on this show as well. Uh, as well as James being a sales mentor for Southwest Business Expo, B4, and a number of other groups. Now, through 20 years of sales successes and mistakes, James knows that he knows what makes people buy products and services, your products and services, and the right and wrong way to approach selling. So we're going to get into that today, and he's going to open up some of his sales strategies and tactics for you, Startup Nation, because let's Let's be honest. You want to be closing more sales, don't you? I know you do. I want to be. So James is going to school us today. He's also a speaker, regularly delivers curated sales content to business events as part of his uh, training programs. You can find him at jameswhite.business. That's jameswhite.business. He's joining us from the UK and uh, so it's, uh, I think, 5 p.m. evening time for him there. It's noon around here uh, in Tampa, Florida. And James, welcome to your first 100K. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, good afternoon or good morning, or good, Joseph. And great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. So it's lots of interesting things done over a 20-year, 25-year career um, in selling. Maybe a bit longer, actually, if I think about when I first sold my first product. So, um, but no, it's great to, to support and help businesses get better results because they certainly need it in the, in the current climate we're in. Yeah. And I think you were just saying that earlier, how you offer some, uh, you know, free just uh, consultations with some businesses, you know, very limited for a few businesses, but you really do want to help out some people that are struggling right now in these times. And I think that's awesome. Um, so before we get into your story, go ahead and take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. 
Yeah, I mean, what? Okay, so probably two personal things that I'd share. I was a Jehovah's Witness for five years. Um, so I learned um, when I was Jehovah's Witness that there is a the, the right and wrong way to sell. So maybe that's the first thing I'll say. Uh, the second, <laughs> you the did second, a lot of cold calling though, come on. Correct, exactly, on the wrong days and on the right time. And the second thing is that I, um, I also learned, I got married and then split up with my wife, my first wife, seven weeks later. So I also learned that sometimes um, making the wrong decisions can hurt you and, and you have to make the right decisions and be brave to make the right decisions. So there's two things that are probably are quite chunky, I'd say, to, to start off with. Mm. You know, I really like that you brought faith uh, into the, the show here. And we were just speaking offline a little bit about that. And you posed the question to me, Joseph, how do you do that? Like, how do you have that conversation with people and bring faith and spirituality into the business space? So I think it's very interesting. Um, thank you for sharing that. And let's use Jehovah Witness for a moment, uh, not to pick on any denomination whatsoever, but Let's be real, Jehovah's Witness. I know half of my family, my the Greek side of my family, are Jehovah's Witness to this day. Uh, so I can really speak to this conversation as well. And to be real, Jehovah's Witness is probably one of the best-selling denominations out there. Like if we had to categorize denominations into who's the best at sales, I would suppose Jehovah's Witness would rank as one of the top sales experts when it comes to selling faith or religion. Would you agree or disagree? I would definitely agree. They have great platforms. Uh, yeah, they're good at what they do. They're good at what they do. Well, bear in mind, when I was a Jehovah's Witness was 25 years ago, so the, so the religion's probably evolved a little bit since that, that, that time. But yeah, they were, they're a strong, but the, the key thing I think what is, to me about the way they do things that makes them able to sell is that they have a position in the market and they're able to be able to be clear about their position. So when I talk to people about, you know, when I was Jehovah's Witness, people used to say, oh, you didn't celebrate Christmas or you didn't celebrate birthdays or that, you know, you didn't take a blood transfusion. So there are many things that they were, you know, very, very specific about in their positioning and what they, they felt. Um, and I think that as a sense of community, they're very strong, but yeah, I mean, they used to, I went out and knocked on the doors and tried to sell the watchtower and the awake. So I know, I know that's the ultimate of sales, right? So I, um, I always say to people, I share a story that um, I, I, I knocked on um, a door in, in the UK on Christmas morning one morning. And uh, this, I was probably, I don't know, I must be 14, 15. And this lady looked at me with real disdain. Um, it'd been on this, but she looked at me with pity. She looked at me, so I, I was really tentative and I was like, would you like a copy of The Awake? And, 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 she, and she looked at me and she said to me, shouldn't you be at home opening presents? And, um, and of course I was, you know, I, I was, my family was not a fully uh, into the religion. So um, the one thing it taught me, it was, a, it was a chasing experience and I had plenty of them, but the one thing it taught me is that there is a right, there's a right time and place to sell. And that was not it. Um, we were most of the time it was annoying people rather than um, trying to convert them. So one of the big sales lessons I learned early was know the right time and place to sell. Mm. That's powerful. And I'm going to share my own personal uh, as well. And we are speaking about sales, even though we're using this, uh, this analogy of Jehovah's Witness uh, model or faith or denomination. So in my family, um, the way Jehovah's Witness uh, approached um, my Greek side of the family uh, is, was during a death. And it was a death of a very uh, close you know, person everybody loved truly. And I remember um, that the Jehovah's Witness 
church uh, showed up at the funeral. They showed up at the wake. They showed up at all these, you know, these mourning and grieving type of events, but they didn't stop there. After that whole wave of people kind of, you know, faded away of coming and, and mourning with our family, the Jehovah's Witness uh, people, they kept coming and knocking on the door and bringing food, um, just sitting down and talking and listening. How are you? And really just being very human, very human. And they outlasted and outpaced everyone else. Because of that, they earned themselves the right to then present what they were up to, to present their religion, present their faith, or I like to say in the business space, to present their sales conversation. They mm -hmm. earned themselves the right to have a sales conversation with the prospective clients, which were my family. And they successfully won that sale because I remember the closing argument. I asked my nephews and stuff, uh, my cousins, I was like, why did you become Jehovah's Witness? And they told me, they were the only ones that cared. It's a great point, actually. And actually, you know, talking about how, you know, with a, we, from a religion side of things, but we move, it's one of the actual core basics of selling now that I think a lot of small businesses get wrong. So, you know, this is about the first 100K, right? And, and every business owner wants to, to achieve something themselves and to achieve a number, whether it's 100K, 500K, a million, whatever the figure is. But I, it takes some maybe people time to understand it, but the best way you sell is by not focusing on you. The best way you sell is by focusing on the person that you're engaging with and the prospect that you're talking to. And that's to the point you just mentioned around Jehovah's Witnesses. They're not focuses on them. They're focused on how they can help and support and engage your family, make that family feel good, support them in their troubled times. And when, as you say, they earn the right. And in sales, you have to earn the right as well. You have to earn the right to be able to make your prospect feel, yeah, I'm going to talk to this person because I feel they can add value to me. I feel they're not just trying to serve themselves. They absolutely care about, um, you know, the, 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 what the end result is for this person. Um, and that's one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of business owners make, unfortunately, is they focus on themselves and not on the, the person they're selling to. Um, and that's what they have to change if they want to be incredibly successful. I like that you presented it that way and you connected it with what I was saying with the story. And I, I think you're right. Uh, so many salespeople, they focus on the transaction rather than the relationship mm -hmm. and the relationship must come first. Shouldn't it? Yeah, it does. The relationship you've got to, you know, I always say to people, there are five key words of selling um, as I, as I call it, you know, the first two, there are only two reasons why people buy anything. Um, I say to people, feel free to challenge me at James White Sales if you feel I'm wrong. Problem or want? Either a problem or a want. It can be both. It can be both. Um, it could be a problem and a want, but it needs to be a problem or want. The second word is understanding. Prospects feel if you if you talk to them and they feel you understand them, you've taken the time to really get to know. To your point that your you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses were understanding your family and what they were thinking and what they were feeling and the emotional hurt they were going through and really understand them. The third thing then is about belief. People need to have belief that, that you can make their world a better place. And the fourth one is they've got to trust you to make it happen. And if you get those five words or three, those four words in, in order and you get them right, you'll win business time and time again um, on a regular basis. And, but the reality is you have to do each one. And, and the biggest mistake that, again, a lot of small businesses make and business owners make is they focus on they miss out the understanding bit. The understanding bit is the chunky bit in the middle that you really, really need to focus on. 
Why do you think that is and how can they correct that? So my listeners listening right now and they're like, yeah, I think that's me, James. I just put my hand up. What do I do about it? So the first thing is look yourself in the mirror and see why you're doing it. Okay. So the, the, the honest answer is look yourself in the mirror and see why are you, why are you doing it? Is it because you're trying to, to sell before you're ready to, the, the person's ready to buy? Is it because you doing something just to earn money and it's not your true vocation? Um, is it because you don't have the right skills? I don't know. There could be a number of reasons, but the, the first thing is that you've got to look yourself in the, in the, in the mirror and, and see why that is. But invariably it's because most business owners that I speak to don't ask enough of the right type of questions. They don't probe enough and they then don't make an assessment at the end of that to know whether they are right to go forward with that person or not. So I'll give you an example. You have a conversation with someone and they, you, you have a service that you offer because ultimately we're not charities. None of us are charities. You have to earn. Then you might charge $5,000, $10,000, $500, whatever for the service you offer. Now, if you have a conversation with someone and you want to know um, whether they can afford that or whether they're worth, you're worth, they're going to pay that figure for your service. The reality is the only way you know that is by getting to understand what's going on in their world, by asking the right type of questions, by probing in an empathetic and sympathetic and emotionally engaging way that builds that relationship. And when you do that, you can either then start to say, yes, they're going to do that or no, they're not. So I always say to, to prospects, there's a, there's a download I have on my website, you know, around 40 questions to ask. Ask questions, spend the first part of the time when you're engaging with a new prospect, not to try and sell to them, not trying to focus on the end game. Yeah? You, you don't try and marry someone the first time you meet them. So don't try and you know, literally sell to someone on the first time you meet them. See them as a human being, get to know them about what they're about and what they're concerned with and what's going on in their world. Find out what's key for them and build upon that or not, as the case may be. But um, most people try and sell too early. They try and sell too early. They try and go in and they think, oh, it's not right. I'm going to move on. Rather than building that relationship, accepting that it takes a little bit of time and being prepared to spin, you know, multiple plates at the same time. So, um, so let me ask you, let me ask you this, James, cause I really heard that. I heard the five questions I heard understanding is the big one that most entrepreneurs miss. And then I heard really take the time to ask questions, probing questions. That's how you get to understand your prospective mm. client. Um, how much time do you spend on it? Your, that initial sales conversation Right, because up till then they're a lead, right? Someone likes uh, something on Facebook or your social, um, they comment on it. That is a lead. That is a possible prospect. You reach out to them. You say, "Hey, why don't we jump on a call together? I want to hear about your life, or I think I could help with what you just shared, etc." You want to jump on? They click. They schedule a call. How long should that call be? And how many of those questions should you ask? And which are the right ones to ask? Um. So how long should the call be? Depends on the prospect. Ask them in the first instance. The first question I'll always do when I have a conversation, I've got half hour booked for this session. Does that give you enough time to cover off the key things you want to get from this conversation? So, you know, firstly, ask them those questions. Uh, ask them the, the time frame. Secondly, use that period of time to, 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 to get to know why they're giving you the time in the first place. You know, what, what's brought you to this conversation? Tell me why you were open to giving up 30 minutes, an hour of your time initially to spend on that. And what, what is it you want to gain from this? What is it that's going to help you? I want to make your world a better place. And you want to, I want to see people you know, use my service or my, my, my products uh, and, and get and feel happy. What is it you, you know, what is it you want to gain from this? And then 
ask, asking those questions to get to know them and what's going on in their world. What, what are the, you know, and, and ultimately going back to my element of problem or want, there's either something that's causing them a challenge or there's something they want to achieve. And our job as business people is to find that out. So asking the questions of, you know, what are the priorities for you right now? What are the key things you're focusing on in this COVID world? You know, what, how are you going to grow your business over the, the course of the next six to 12 months? And what actions are you taking? And what are the steps that are really key for you, right? So those what, how, tell me more, you know, show me more, explain to me, those type of questions are key. I think if you're asking those and you get a sense of where someone's at, at the end of that, you should then be able to see, do you, do what they offer, do they, what, what they want to do fit with what you do? And do they see a sense of there's some sort of connection on that? And if there is, then it's about saying, look, I can't, I can't solve this right now, but it seems like there's a fit for us to work together or do something. Why don't we move this to the next stage? And that might involve a secondary meeting or, or an ongoing meeting. And it depends on the person and what they sell. And, you know, if they, if they sell something for $10, right, they're not going to want to have too many of those conversations. But if they're selling a service for $500 and then $50 a month, then they've got to weigh out how long that takes. But invariably, um, you have to give before you expect to get. And you've got to give in a way that is either of your time or you've got to put materials, content, information out there that enables people to understand you and who you are and where you're perfect for them um, in order to shortcut that process. So um, the honest answer is it depends on the product, the value they sell. I'd be happy to share with any, anyone that comes on and says, I share a product for a thousand. This is what I do and go through that process with them as part of the activity. But in my experience, um, you've got to you've got to still understand people and people generally go through a thinking process with you before they get to a point of trying to make a decision on, on what you do and buy from you. Um, unless it's a very low end product, they're going to go from that journey and you've got to accept that they're going to go on that journey. And if you don't, chances are you may frighten them off. Okay. Got it. That's powerful. So startup nation, maybe you're a coach out there and uh, maybe you have experienced uh, this um, situation where you finally get that prospect onto a sales call, right? A video chat or, you know, just a phone call. You give them 30 minutes of your time. The 30 minutes, you start asking them, them the probing questions. They tend to uh, go off on tangents. They tell you their whole story behind everything. You try to you know, bring the conversation back and keep moving the conversation forward. Before you know it, you're at 45 minutes, you're running out of time. You want to go for the, that close. You think you can help them. You're not sure they're there yet, but based on what you're hearing, you're like, I could definitely help this person. So now you, you kind of lean in and, and go for that, you know, that, that push. Um, and sometimes, just sometimes, it becomes almost more of a sales uh, push rather than a sales conversation or invitation. Um, and then you find yourself kind of like you're at an hour, they're not, they're, they're teeter tottering, you're pushing in more and you're not loving the way you're showing up. So James, I don't know if that situation I just spoke to exists in your world. I know it does exist though, and it's a very common um, situation, what should my listener do if they find themselves in that situation or how do they avoid it altogether? So, so the answer to the question is, is, is what is this, what is the goal that they're trying to get to in that conversation? So I go back to, you know, you, if you've got it, especially in America, you guys have got massive highways or, um, you know, they are 15 lanes. You would not attempt to run. If, if I said to you, go and run across a lane you know, in America, literally there's 12 lanes and literally nonstop 
chance are you going to get hit, right? Okay. What, James, what I could do it. Okay, you could do it, but I, I definitely couldn't, okay? So the chance are you're going to go through lane one, and then you're going to have a look and check nothing coming. Then you're going to go to lane four. Then you're going to have another look, and then you're going to go to lane eight. So the reality is in sales, it's, sales is about our process. So the question is, in if, I've got, if I'm in that business, the first case I've got to do is work out where I want to get them to. And the first call is about getting to know them, seeing whether they're a good fit, being open and saying, look, I'm really sorry, but I've got another call or another meeting booked at this time. I ha- therefore, I have to go. But I've really enjoyed the conversation we've had, Joseph. And look, I don't know about you, but I feel we've had a really good conversation and talked about where things are. And I think there could be some opportunities for us to do something here. What I'd like to suggest is we go and move to a demonstration, go and move to a next meeting next week at Friday at 4 p.m. How does that sound for you? Now, if, you're, if, you've, if you've enjoyed that conversation the same way as I have, and you felt that you've built a rapport with me, and I've been able to talk about how I can help you solve problems and wants you've got, you're going to want to carry that conversation on. Because ultimately, I'm sort of making a difference in your world. If I'm not, you're going to want to say, well, I don't want to speak to this guy again, because no, no, he's not helping me. There's nothing there. So one of the tips that you can encourage people to do is not leave a meeting without having a clearly defined action and date and time to do something next. Not, I'll speak to you next week but I'll look to speak to you next week at four. How does that sound? Or, you know, how does, have you got your diary there? Let's continue this conversation. And most people understand that that second part of the conversation is then going to be about moving things forward. But again, it could well be that you're, you might have five stages in your sales, sales process. If the first meeting might just get you from stage one to two, but then the goal for the next meeting is to get them from stage two to three. The reality is there's got to be a progress forward if you're not moving forward for any stage, if you stay in at stage two, then you then have to question whether you can carry on the time spending with that person. And there are some questions that you can ask um, in the right way, in an empathetic way, that can, that can see if someone's right for them. And there are a few people that will waste time, but invariably, I think most business owners and people don't want to sit in a room and talk to people for no reason. They, they want someone to help them and support them and make their world a better place. And you want to do the same. And if there's not a fit, hey, that's okay. There's not a fit. But clear on the next steps, clear on what that, 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 that step looks like and be focused on agreeing to that point at the end of that meeting. If, you, if they won't give you that, I always say to people, if your prospect won't give you that date and time for a next conversation, then that meeting's not gone as well as you think. Got it. That's very clear. And thank you for answering that. I think that was a, a, a powerful answer. I really like the highway uh, metaphor that you used. How does someone... Um, who is, say, a coach, or you know, they're closing that sales conversation. Should how many lanes, right? Do they need to cross um, in that sales conversation? Uh, or let me let me take a moment. No, I, know, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know right, how, right. How many is it based? How many stages in the process? Is it based on uh, the uh, the um, cost? of their service. For example, if, if I'm selling a $50 or a $297 product on that call, is that a one call close? If, if I'm selling a $5,000 coaching package or 10 or 20, is that, well, that's a two uh, call close or a three call close. Are you clear on my question? I am indeed. And the answer is it depends a little bit on your brand and who you're talking to and where they are in the process. There will be some people that will tell you that absolutely, you're going to talk to me. Um, this is my price. If you don't like it, don't have the conversation with me. Therefore, it will be a one call close for those guys. But those people aren't generally where most of you know most business owners are. Most business owners are probably haven't got the brand exposure and awareness of maybe a major international coach. So what they've probably got to do is to, I believe, 
you know, people go on that going on that journey. The first call is, do I like this person? Can I get to know them? Do I think there's a, you know, there's a an opportunity there? The second call is, okay, so talk to me more about what it is you do and what impact you can have for me. What can you make difference in my world? And then the third element generally tends to be some sort of proposal, some sort of outline of, of what it is you do, or it could well be that you might give them an initial introductory element that gets them started and become aware of you and then have something at the end of it. So I, to give you an example of how I will do it, this is an example of maybe my, how I do it. So I will put a lot of content. I produce videos, I produce resources. If you go to my website, there's 25 different PDFs and resources that anyone can have free of charge. I don't charge anyone for those. You can take those all day long. Um, I then have a couple of areas where I will um, capture people's information. Someone wants to take a couple of, I have a sales success test. Have you got everything right for sales? They'll give me that information. I'll offer a call with them for half hour. At the end of that call, they might say, yeah, I like this guy. I think he's could be a good fit. And then I might invite them onto one of my online courses. I run a series of online courses where people can pay um, 45 bucks for an online course for a period of six weeks along, along with a group of other people. And at the end of that session, they can then come into my academy or to my mentoring. So the point being is, I try and sort of engage with them, you know, for you to get your wallet out to spend $500 versus $25, you're probably a bit more keen to spend 25 than you are 500. So whether it's called a product for prospects or something to get people through the door. I, if you're, if I was a coach, that's the sort of stuff I'd be looking to do. Give them something that you can use and scale that can enable them to get a sample of you and who you are and get them to spend more time with you as well. The other key thing is time. If they're spending time with you, and they're building that relationship and that rapport, then the reality is most people then want to continue that on because they've built an affinity to that person. If you've not got some sort of product or service like that, although COVID has opened up opportunities for us all to be able to do that, then I think what you've probably got to accept is that there's probably two or three stages in that process um, for you to, to go through. And you've got to ask the right questions in stages two. Probably stage two is where I would ask most of my questions around the money. The biggest issue is the money. Can they afford this or is the money there to spend it? Why are they doing it now? The timing around it, the authority, where's the decision process going? So who is involved in the decision process? So the typical sort of BAMP model, if you've heard of BAMP, BAMP's a model that's well used in sales. Um, it's, it's a model that is called budget, authority, need, and timing. And, and those questions and the way you ask them can make a massive difference again in being able to know if that person's right for you or not. So I would say at stage three for most coaches, three stages is probably about right. Okay. That's pretty powerful. And Startup Nation, hopefully I spoke exactly right to your question. Um, and that's what I aim to do on this show is to really like get into your head and ask the questions that you would want to ask my guest. Right. So hopefully I've done that. So if you're a coach and you're selling a $5,000 as an example, uh, coaching package and you are uh, getting people onto sales calls. So you're getting leads, but your close rate is lower than where you want it to be. What I'm hearing James say is maybe consider uh, taking that one call close, trying to sell that $5,000 package on the first call and, and turn that into two or three different calls because it's a larger priced uh, service. James, is that, am I getting that right? Yeah, you are. Or, or if it's a $5,000 sale, maybe can you offer a $50 product initially or you know, $100 product initially that you can offer across you know, a number of people so that it's more scalable that they'll then warm that person up ready to then go to your $5,000 or your $500 offering. 
So again, like I was saying, I, I run a series of work, uh, uh, online courses. I will have 30, 40 people that will pay me 50 bucks to be on that course on a Thursday night. I run them for an hour every Thursday evening. I have a glass of wine with people. We have fun. We have literally fun. We talk about sales, yeah? And they literally spend six weeks in my company. And at the end of it, I give them a guarantee. I say, if you don't enjoy this, I'll give you your money back. It's literally a, no issue whatsoever. And at the end of that, people will say, hey, I love this. I've built a, a sense of community. I'm meeting people. I've got to know people. Where do I go from here? because they've warmed to engage with me. So for me, it's then easier to then be in a position to move them through to the next stage of what I offer. So yeah, it goes back to the element about being human again. Yeah, people are human, people buy from humans. You wanna make sure that people feel that they want an affinity to wanna to work with you and engage with you. And if they feel that, that you're doing it just to line your own pocket, then I'm gonna to say to you that I think people are gonna get found out on that stuff and they are being found out. If you, I say that because you know there are people in the world that lead lead countries that are pretty selfish, but in generally, not in, in every world of the world, but in generally in business, I generally believe that, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier on with faith and who they are, that, that, that karma and the way you operate and, the, and your value system is important. And do you really just want to take money from someone and just put it in your own pocket and not care what you do? Or do you really have a passion to make their world a better place? And if that's your, what you do and that's your duty, um, then share it, be open about that and, and don't be, be unapologetic about what it, you know, it's never the price that's the issue, it's the return and the impact it has on that person's life. Startup Nation, is that you? Did James just describe you? Are you that good, wholesome, wonderful, big-hearted person that really just wants to impact people in their lives and help them, you know, just have that better life, right? And, and get out of all that suffering that you see all around you. If that's you, replay this, this interview. James has dropped some really powerful uh, tips and strategies uh, that you can implement into your sales conversations. I know I'm walking away with one or two myself. James, what do you got? It's, it's an interesting point. There was a lady I spoke to who, um, it was a funny enough, he's, he's actually a coach. And, uh, and a lot of people that are supposed to give advice are, are sometimes they're afraid of going into a group where they can be safe and honest, right? It's that moment where everyone wants to be completely but where are my failings? Where did I go wrong? And one of the things when I built, I, you know, my first business that I had, which, you know, I, I, I got to nearly a million pound of recurring revenue. I raised um, nearly a million, well, $750,000 in funding for it. And I got, you know, a lot of mistakes wrong. And, and when, you know, when I was that job as a, when I was doing that job, it's a lonely business being a business owner. Yeah, it's a lonely place. It's a place where you literally sometimes feel like you don't want to go home and talk to the partner because you're worried about upsetting them or worrying them or causing them. So where do you go for that stuff, right? And the, the biggest challenge for business owners is that they've got to sometimes work out where they're at and where they're going and who's going to hold them accountable. And, and, what do, and I had a lady that said to me, I feel at home. I feel at home with what I'm doing with you. And I said, that's, that's, that's the best words people can ever give me because if they feel at home, it means that they, so my question to your listeners is what are they doing to make their customers and prospects feel so comfortable and so at home and so in tune with what they're doing that they become a tribe and they become disciples, as I call it. You know, you know disciples are people that go out and tell and preach and, and share, not preach, but tell people, Hey, have you, are you aware of this guy and who he's and what he's doing? Because do you know what? He's so great. He's not in bat himself. He's focused on this day. They're really there to help people. And that's what I'm passionate about building. I'm building a disciples and tribe of people who will go out and say, he's, in, he's, in, he's keen to help you get those results. And I say to people all the time, I smile inside when my clients and people on my academy get results and win business. I can't, you know, people, I, would, I can't tell you how good it makes me feel when they take my advice, get a result, and see money coming into their bank account. It's like the best, it is, it's just, it's just what, it's why I do what I do.
That's powerful. And I relate a little bit in the spiritual coaching that I do when I give advice, you know, a lot in relationship, marriage, et cetera. And say, for example, you know, a guy uh, takes my advice, a husband takes my advice and goes and have, has that conversation with his wife that he's been avoiding that she's been waiting for. He has the conversation. He's scared, you know, com- completely to do it, but I give him the accountability. He goes, he does it. Boom. He gets this breakthrough in intimacy and just his relationship goes to this next level. He'd even know existed. He comes back to me. He's like, guess what? It worked. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. Now this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. And what a joy that is. Um, right. Cause you're right there. You're right there with them. And you're like, you know, as a coach, sometimes, I don't know if you have this, but sometimes you're thinking to yourself, I really hope that advice works, <laughs> right? Because he's taking the risk. And then it does. And, and you get to really just enjoy being involved in people's lives. I think that's, yeah, you, that's what we you, you're Totally right. And you do, I think we, you know, uh, the reason you generally tend to know what works is because what works more so than that is because I've made the mistakes where it didn't work. You know, I, I, you know, I, those are the times when I know, you know, the best advice I say, the best mentors to work for are not those that are uber successful. I would say to people, if you're becoming a coach and you can't show up what you've done wrong, then I guarantee you that you're not a true to your word. I, I tell my clients generally, these are the mistakes I've made. These are the things not to do. These are the areas where I got badly wrong that I encourage you now to, to, to avoid this because of this pain that it causes you. And by the way, I made that mistake. I copped up. I made the, I, I got it wrong. And the scars are there, but I've come through it and we can, you can make them, feel free to make them. But ultimately I just, there's no point because it's going to hurt. Right. And you don't want anyone. And the, and the benefit of mentors and coaches is you save time and you give people experts and knowledge, expertise and knowledge that they would have had to otherwise find themselves. And, and that's what I guess what we do. And, and like I say, it's a great feeling when you, when you do, it's why I do what I do. I don't do it for, you know, I've got very wealthy friends who, you know, you know, you ask people what it is that they do and, you know, you can drive flash cars, you can put watches on, you can put posh trainers on your feet and whatever else. But ultimately, when your time comes, you've got nothing to take with you. You're not, we're not Egyptians in the money more with the pyramids and putting all of our stuff in, in, in the coffin. We, so would I rather go in the ground knowing I've made an impact on people's lives or would I rather go in the ground knowing that I've got, you know, three Porsches and, and six Ferraris? Yeah, there's no, there's no choice. Powerful stuff. Okay, so we are speaking with James White. Uh, he is the uh, sales expert trainer. You can find him at jameswhite.business. That's jameswhite.business. James, before we go into my favorite part of the show, share with us very quickly what are your top three tips or strategies? I know you dripped a lot in there, but summarize it for us. Uh, Startup Nation, grab your pen and paper, write these down. Top three sales tips and strategies Startup Nation can implement this week. What you got? Firstly, own your space, own your position, um, be something to someone, not everything to everyone. So in other words, know where you're a specialist for and become a specialist in your area. And uh, if you're not sure if the people worry about it, but trust me, own your space, go and own your space, whether you become the space, you, you know, you're the person you know, owning the space for the first 100K, right? You're the go-to person for it, own your space. The second thing is be, be valuable and, add, and create content that shares what you do and your passion for why you do it with the world. And it is a long journey, but you've got to accept that unless you're out there and being visible and sharing that, you're never going to grow and scale to what you want to do. So get up, you know, be, be focused on problems and the wants that you solve for your target market and, and share those on in a video, blog, whatever format, and, and, and be relentless on doing that. 
And the third element that I would say is really important is be clear of your own value and, and, and be, be able to confident about it. Prospects generally, are, I think, are, are like animals and they will react to your, you know, if you're being um, uh, tentative and, you know, if you go up to a dog and you're not sure about the dog and you're tentative, the dog will react and prospects are the same way. So build that confidence by repetition and training your mind. You know, a good little tip for people, get their price. So if, if their price is $500, um, firstly, add $250 onto it and then literally repeat that 100 times a day. So literally just, if you, you know, my, my rate is 750, my rate is 750, my rate is 750, my rate is 750, my rate is 750. When I do workshops with people, I literally get people wanting to throw something at me because I keep saying to them, what's your rate? And at the end of the day, they started at the workshop on $500 as a rate. At the end of it, their rate is then 750 and their confidence when they say those words just means that the prospect thinks, oh, right, this person's really confident in what they're saying. So know your value and be confident about saying it. And that, that sort of stuff can be done through simple repetition so that it just flows off your tongue. And your pricing and the way you announce and talk about pricing is very much like a, um, when you drive a car. When you, look, when you pass the test, you learn to drive. Um, and, and the same way as your pricing. Know your pricing, repeat it, and just be very confident and comfortable about it. And, otherwise, and then people will start to be comfortable and respond to you in that way. James, that, that third one right there, know your pricing and be confident in when, when you say it. Um, what an overlooked, uh, simple strategy. So overlooked. And I love that. And Startup Nation, uh, I could speak firsthand to that. Man, when I started my, my spiritual coaching business and I'm increasing my rate, you know, really on a weekly basis, I just keep, you know, kind of escalating this, this rate. I had to get comfortable every week with the, the next level of how I was going to say that rate. So like James said, my rate is 750. Next week, my rate is 1000. Next week, my rate is 1500. Next week, my rate is, you know, 2000. Before I know, my rate is 5000. Right. But if I was saying that weeks ago, I'd be like shaking in my boots. I hope they say yes. I, I don't know if they're gonna say that right that that timidness that a dog can sense and will react to in a negative way. So will your client. So saying my rate is blank, over and over and over and over again um, throughout the day. What a powerful strategy. I, I just really back James up on that and encourage you to do that. Because I know most of you, when it comes to saying what your rate is at the end of that sales conversation, y'all get flustered. Another thing to do as well is, uh, so this is, you know, this is, we're British here, right? We've got the, the pound note rather than the dollar. But the other thing I say to people is, you know, is, you know, get, get something, whether it's a family photo, whether it's something that you associate with good things, photos are great, especially of kids or whatever else. And when you're saying what your prices are, or when you're going into a meeting where you're going to talk about pricing, hold the photo or look at the photo and look at that. So the NLP guys will tell you that you get into a state as a result of those aspects. And it really does work. I have a little, I have a little um, a chip that I use when um, that I look at when I'm, when I'm going through a conversation around pricing, I'll generally, you know, it's a little, prop for me that I will use even when I'm in this position where I feel no this is my this is my good moment this is why I'm doing what I'm doing I'm doing it for my family and to make the world a better place and to help people so get those props in place as well as well as the repetition they will help you feel that bit stronger as a result of what you do um, and, and and they work and, and ultimately I like you your rates you know if I look back at what I when I started it's different to what it is now but that's fine because you go through that journey right there you go. All right. We're speaking with James White. You can find him at jameswhite.business. James, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Go. 
What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur or a sales expert? Making a difference in people's lives. What's your least favorite thing? Administration. Admin. What are you most afraid of? Monkeys. Monkey. <laughs> awesome. James, I think uh, as humans, we all are struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. What are you currently struggling with either professionally or personally? My weight. Your weight. Got it. Thank you for that transparency. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Not work, not planning. Not planning. What secret fear do you have about people? Whether they truly love me or not. Clear. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Be something to someone, not everything to everyone. Mm. What's a new habit you want to form? Getting tasks done earlier on in the day. And what's a bad habit you want to break? Red wine. <laughs> what was that? Red wine. Red wine. Got it. No, it's not a bad. I, I, yeah, it's not a bad habit. I guess it's um. No, I I probably like a lot of people um don't eat the greens enough. I don't do the tough stuff first, and I need to continue to do the tough stuff. The stuff that's gonna the important but not urgent stuff first. Got it. Pick three three words to describe who you are now. Caring. Supportive. Engaging. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Keen, naive, enthusiastic. Clear. And last question, James, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, eternity, all of it, what would you say to them? Don't be worried. Go and do it. Don't be worried. Go and do it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year? They can make it happen. It's in their, it's in their control. They have a choice. Eat or be eaten. And um, it's in their control to make it happen. Okay, Startup Nation. Uh, go check out James White. James, what's the best way to for my listener to get in touch with you? And I think you're offering them something free. What do you have for Yeah, them? look, get, get in touch. Get, um, go to my website, www.jameswhite.business. Uh, or search for me socially, uh, James White Sales. Yeah, very happy to offer um, look, three people um, a consultation for, uh, you know, for an hour. Just get on. Let's get a book booked in. Talk about your business, where you're at. If you're struggling with selling, struggling with getting um, leads through the door or converting the leads, then if I can make a difference in your world and help you get those results, uh, or help you build the picture to get better results, you know, on a consistent basis, then I'd love to do that. That's, that's what I'm here for. So, uh, and have a look at my content, but also reach out. Don't be afraid. Of, you know, that'll be the test. How many people will reach out? Most people don't because they're afraid of, well, he doesn't really mean it, but trust me, I do. Or they're afraid, oh, I missed the deadline. He's already got filled up with his three people. You never know. There might have been a thousand people who had that same thought and didn't click. Correct. Right? Be one of those people, Startup Nation. James, thanks for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thank you. Same to you as well. Good. Have a great evening. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? 
Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.